can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning, and when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where Trump is out depicted as voices and the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoices. Here swords are likened to the world, the demons of birth, the dead are yet alive, the living are actually dead. Blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes, they later find to be that much richer. Speaking of no other place but the awesome world of scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen for the rock conversation about the community. Hallelujah. We're continuing on with the story of Yosef. Hallelujah. Now, we've spoken about how Yosef, you know, whose name means increase, you know, how he speaks to the many member body of Yahshua, um, but specifically, like, his, his, his ecclesia. We've shown how his life depicted the death of Yahushua and how his body. And also, his life also depicted his body or his ecclesia, how it will go on to bring about salvation in the earth after the death of Yahushua. You know, that said, there are some things that transpired within, uh, with Yosef betwixt the time that he went into Mitzrayim and the time he rose to power and, and, and was used to bring about salvation to the world. Now, for instance, we spoke of how the wife, you know, which spoke to the priest of Potiphar, or those belonging to the sun, uh, or those belonging to the light, if you would, mm -hmm. you know, we spoke about how they caused Yosef, or the increase of the body of Yahushua, that is, his ecclesia, to be put into prison. Mm -hmm. And Yosef, i.e., the body of Yahushua, that is, his ecclesia, has been there from then until now. Scripture doesn't tell us how long Yosef was in prison. But it does tell us that it was over two years. You know, because we read in Genesis 41.1, it says, And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. So we know he was in there at least two years, right? And that's not by happenstance. You know, from this we can conclude that scripture is teaching us that sometime after two years or two years of days, if you would, what's interesting is here in Genesis 41.1 where it's translated as two full years. It actually uses both Shana, which is the Hebrew uh, word for year, which I believe is um, number 8141 in the Strong's. But it also, it doesn't just use year, as in two years, but it also uses the word yom, which speaks to a day in the Hebrew, which is number 3117, if I'm not mistaken. Believe I'm, believe I'm correct. You know, now, I find that to be immensely interesting. Because you put it together, it can be translated years of days. You know, and that makes absolutely no sense unless you know that with Yah, a thousand years is one day. Yeah. Then it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but then again, only if you have eyes to see. Amen? You know, so it came to pass at the end of two full years or two years of days. Mm -hmm. You know, so 2,000 years. Now, why is that? 
significant. <laughs> well, even because most scholars believe that the Messiah died in 30 AD, there's some that believe that he died in 33 AD. Mm -hmm. You know, most um, concur that it was 30 AD in which he which he died. Mm -hmm. You know, thereby making the two two day mark for us to be 2030. Mm -hmm. You know, which is just seven short years from today. Mm. You know, so that said, could this be a prophecy concerning our day and time? Could there be something here specifically for us? For those of us that's living during this time. Mm. You know, very interesting indeed. Yosef, i.e., the body of Yahushua, that is, that Yah's ecclesia will rise to power. After those two days, or those two years of days, mm. you know, very interesting indeed. You know what this actually speaks for. You know, but before that rise to power can happen, something must happen with Yosef prior to his rising to power. This thing that must happen is the key to Yosef's rise to power. Well, without it, his rise can never occur. You know, and so the question becomes, what is this thing that must happen prior to Joseph's rise to power? Let us um, move on. We're going to go to Genesis 39, 20 through 22. Let me have my um, first reader read Genesis 39, 20 through 22, please. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. But Yahuwah was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, here it is in verse 20. We're told that Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. You know, and then we're told in verse 22, it says, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. Mm. You know, let us consider these prisoners. Interesting. This word prisoners is Asir, number 615 in the Hebrew. It speaks to being bound. Hallelujah. It's from Asar, number 631, meaning to yoke or hitch. Now, within the word of scripture, the king's yoke or those that's yoked to the king speak to those who learn of him. You know, consider our Messiah Yahushua, our king. 
In Matthew 11, 29, 30, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I pray that you can see that he's telling you to take his yoke upon him is to learn of him. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, so to take one's yoke upon yourself is to learn of them. He goes on to say, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. He says, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So within this, he's teaching us that his yoke is to learn of him, and that his burden is for us to remain meek and lowly in heart. This is what we're called to do. We're called to learn of him, and when we do, don't get puffed up. Right. Remain meek and lowly in heart. Mm -hmm. That's our yoke and our burden. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, so that we can get a fuller picture of this, what does Egypt represent? This is the discipleship class, right? Say again. The letter of the word, absolutely. So, Misraim or Egypt represents the letter of the word. So it represents scripture. You know, the letters of scripture. Amen? What does the king of Egypt represent? Take a shot. The king of the word. The king of the word. Absolutely. <laughs> Shot hit the target. Alright. Which is who? Yahushua. Alright, Yahshua. Yah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Yah. That said, what does the king's prisoners represent? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so the king's prisoners speaks to those prisoners of Yahshua that are bound by the word, by the letter of the word. Amen? Amen. Everybody with me? Can you see that this is simply a depiction of the body of Yahushua, that is the ecclesia and other believers being bound whilst they learn of their king, Yahshua? As a side note, this is why we don't see the miracle signs and wonders at this time. Mm -hmm. Even because Yah's ecclesia is bound. Mm -hmm. They're bound to the letter of the word. You know, it's not until they are released that we'll see the miracle signs and wonders again. I pray you can see that. You know, this is actually a prophecy that's been in Scripture for thousands of years that actually speaks to this happened. It speaks to Yosef, who is a type of the body of Yahshua, that is his ecclesia, being bound or imprisoned. 
you know, bound to the letter of the word. You know, and here it is. He's restricted. He can't go out and do his works because he's imprisoned. Can you see that? Yeah. You know, and so this is why you don't see him doing the works that he did when he was out. Say that. You know, when he's free again, then you'll see the body of Yahshua doing the works that they were doing when they were free before they got put into prison. Now remember, you know, they got put into prison because of Potiphar's wife. Wife, right? Potiphar, anybody remember what Potiphar's name meant? What he spoke to? It's really important. Not that's um that's fair. Potiphar speaks to those who belong to the sun or those who belong to the light or you could say those who belong to Yahshua because he's the son of righteousness and he's the light. Amen? Amen. You know, so he, it speaks to those who belongs to him. Mm. You know, it's really, it's really important that, that we're, we're able to see that Potiphar you know, if you see who he is and you know what a wife represents, it's easy to put it together. You know, because we, we know that Potiphar speaks to those who belong to Yahshua, who belong to the light, and his wife speaks to their priest. Well, who were their priests? The Levitical priesthood. The sons of Aaron. Amen? Amen. Did they not Cause them to be bound. Mm. Yeah. Physically and spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're being told way before it happened. Mm. Mm. Way before it happened. Mm. You know, hundreds and hundreds of years prior to it happened. That's how Yasum, Yah's word is. Mm. Mm. If you have eyes to see. And only Yah can open our eyes. Amen. Genesis 40 verse 1 says, And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Mitzrayim and his baker had offended their Adonai, hmm. the king of Mitzrayim. Hmm. You know, now we already determined who the king of Mitzrayim is, right? That's Yahshua, right? Yeah. So we're talking about somebody, of, you know, offending our king, right? Yeah. Our king Yahshua. Alright, now, consider uh, and he's the king of Mitzrayim, he's the king of the word, king of the letter of the word. They're offended. You know, so we have butler. The butler. You know, this word butler is mashke. Mashke, number 49, or 45 in the Strongs, speaks to properly cause to drink. That's literally what it, what it means. It, speak, it means to properly cause to drink. Now, hmm. when we're talking about drinking, you know, and this is one. This is one to remember. Like you know, this yeah, you should probably put this in your notes. You know, drink of all types, scripturally speaking, speaks to a type of truth. Mm. And this is because 
drinks of all types that are consumable you know, or, or, uh, or safe for us to drink, you know, have a large content of water. And water represents truth. So we see that these are all, you know, these drinks are all variations of truth. You know, I pray you can see that. On the other hand, the baker, the, the, words being, the word being translated as baker is afa, number 644 in the Hebrew, which means to cook. You know, and yes, baking is a type of cooking, you know, but I think they probably should have should have translated that as chief cook or chief chef. You know what I'm saying? You know, because um, that's literally what it means. Nevertheless, baker, you know, alpha to cook. And so the baker speaks to one who cooks. So he's, he's you know, um, he's speaking to one who, who actually is preparing the will of Elohim. You know, and I, I wanted to properly term that, you know, because I, I, I want to say the will of Elohim, you know, um, because all of Yah's instructions, his statutes, his his um his judgments, his ordinances, they all are his will, are they not? Yep. You know. Now the will of Elohim are all good because they come from the source of good. Yeah. You know, and so when you're talking about drinking, you're talking about truth. When you're talking about um, food, scripturally speaking, you're actually talking about good works. You know, now the food isn't the good works. The food is the will of Elohim. When you consume the food, i.e., eat it, then that speaks to good works. Mm. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. You know, so I want you to be able to see this because this is this is congruent throughout Scripture. You know, whenever you see food, you know, it's speaking to. The will of Elohim. All food. And when you're eating it, or when they're eating it, when you read about somebody's eating the food, you know, it's speaking about doing that will. That is doing good works. Because whenever you do the will of, will of Elohim, you're doing good works. Yes, yes. You know, and likewise with the drinking, it always speaks of drinking the truth. You know. Now, of course, let me see. Do I want to go here? Um, okay, I'm gonna just touch on it. All right, food affects you physically. Spiritually speaking, and scripturally speaking in the word, food affects one physically. Hence, it speaks to their actions. Whereas drink affects one mentally. Hence, it 
it oftentimes speak to their emotions. You know, so oftentimes you'll hear, you know, where it speaks about uh, like wine. Wine is, speaks about wine making the heart merry. You, you, you see that's a mental thing. To be merry is a mental thing. You know, or it'll speak about wine making the heart um, be at peace. Again, that's a mental thing, right? Yeah. Or it may speak about wine in conjunction with wrath. Being angry. Again, that's a mental thing. You know, so, you know, I just want you to understand the uh, general principle of these things because, you know, they'll they're help you really discern other things in Scripture. You know, now, when it's talk about, when it speaks about being offended, this word offended is actually kata. Kata is number 2398, and it means to miss. It's usually translated to sin. Mm. It means to go wrong. You know, the mass majority of the time, this word is translated as sin. Mm. You know, now it was uh, there was other words that could have that would have uh, fit the bill here. Mm. But Royal Cockadess chose sin. The butler and the baker had sinned against their Adonai, the king of Misraim. Can you see that? You know, uh, and just to, you know, I, I think everybody should get the drink, you know, because we, we went over that, you know, we went over water and, we, um, and all that um, in the discipleship course early on, you know, and we went through it pretty good so everybody should get that but just to give some validity as to um, the food you know the cooked food you know that which the baker makes or the cook makes you know um, and it's speaking to the will of Elohim we have Amos 8 11 says behold the days come saith the Adonai Yahuwah that I will send a famine in the land a famine not of bread nor of a thirst for water but of the hearing the words of Yahuwah and so we see that the, um, the bread and water speaks to the words of Yahuwah you know even as saying you know in the words of Yahuwah either speaks to his will or speaks to his truth you know then we have yes Yahoo 55 1 and 2 it says ho everyone that thirsteth come ye to the waters and he that have no money Come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. You know, so here it is. We see the money being spent for that which is not bread. And the labor, that is your, act, your um, actions, for that which satisfieth not. But Yah says, hearken diligently diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good and let your soul delight in fatness you know and so again we see that eating is associated with that which is good and it speaks to your good works and lastly let's consider Yochanan 4 33 and 34 um, says speaking to the Messiah they was wondering had he eaten 
They say, therefore said the, um, the disciples one to another, Have any man brought him on to eat? And Yahushua saith unto them, My meat, my food, is to do the will of Elohim that sent me and to finish his work. And so, again, we see that it's implied here that Yahshua's meat is the will of Elohim. You know, and he was eating it when he was doing his works. And I pray you can see that, you know, and that's to support what I was saying about Mashke. Mashke. Um, not Mashke, but Afar. Um, to cook food, you know, and what it represents, you know, scripturally. Now, continuing on in chapter 40 of Genesis um, um, 40, going to go 2 through 4, says, And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them inward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. Remember, Joseph's bound, right? Mm -hmm. You know, now, it says Pharaoh was rough. First of all, did anybody catch what transpired betwixt Genesis 40 verse 1 and 40 verse 2? Y'all got, you know, this is why we went over the exercises, you know, I know it was a while, but the parallels and the patterns, you know, so that you can make the distinctions, you know, remember how we was going through the exercises when you was pulling out all the distinctions, you know, there was a very big distinction betwixt, you know, Genesis 40 verse 1 and Genesis 40 verse 2. No one caught it? Huh? No, this is 40 verse 1. Over 40 verse 1, he has two officers. And this is 40 verse 2. They both speaking of, um, speaking of two, you know, yeah, the uh, verse, verse 2 speaks of them being as officers. That is a distinction, but it's not the one I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. Verse 1 speaks of the king of Mitzrayim. But verse 2 speaks of Pharaoh. Now, you might say, well, they're the same. Well, then why use two different terms? Right? Yah is intentional. He used, he's using two different terms because he wants to emphasize something. He wants to make a point. You know, so the first one was talking about the first one was talking about um, Yahshua, right? Yep. King of Mitzrayim. King of, of the word. <laughs> or king of the letter of the word, if you will. Whichever. They both work, right? But this was talking about Pharaoh. Now, what does Pharaoh represent? The great house. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Pharaoh represents the great house. 
Absolutely. And um, we'll talk about the great house shortly. You know, but I want you to see that Pharaoh was wroth. Mm -hmm. You know, um, this word wroth is kasaf, um, rather, number 7107, meaning to crack off. Mm -hmm. You know, speaks to, to crack off. Mm -hmm. You know, now the strong says, you know, that, you know, it goes on like to break forth on someone or something to that effect. You know, but it literally means to crack off, and so that's how, how we're going to look at it. Hmm. You know, officers is sa saris, number 5631, means to castrate. Hmm. Now, this is teaching us that while Yosef, i.e., the body of Yahushua, that is Yah's ecclesia, is in prison, uh, the food and the drink of Yahushua will begin to miss the mark. It will begin to go wrong. It will become, become sinful. So while during the time that Yosef, that is the body of Yahshua, his ecclesia, during the time that it's bound, that it's, in, that it's imprisoned, mm. the food and drink, that is Yah's will and his truth, the will and truth, concerning Yahushua will begin to miss the mark. It will begin to go wrong. It will begin to become sinful. Mm -hmm. Can you see that? Can everybody follow, follow along with that? Mm -hmm. You know, this is a prophecy concerning what happened hundreds if not thousands of years before it even happened. And it did happen, did it not? You know, ever since the ecclesia has been, has been gone, the food and drink that is the will of Elohim and his truth has begun to miss the mark. Mm. Begun to go astray, to go wrongly, has become sinful to our king. I pray you can see that. You know, because this prophesied that thousands of years prior to <coughs> You know, that is, if that's not Yas, I, you know, like, it's such a Yasm testament to his word that this was there all along. But anyway, so it speaks of the body of Yahshua. It speaks of the, um, the food and the drink of Yahshua beginning to miss the mark. You know, now the great house will begin to crack off. That is, abandon the chief butler, i.e., the drink or the truth, and the chief baker, that is, the cook's interpretation of the will of Elohim. And this is what we see has happened even now today. You know, the great house actually speaks to uh, the house of Yahuda. You know, now, the Yahudim today, or those who claim to be the Yahud, most of them are not religious. Did you know that? <laughs> you know, they call themselves Jews in name only, or what's the term they use? Non religious Jews. They're by and large non-religious 
Jews. You know, if that's not what this prophesied, then I don't know what is. I mean, actually, for them to even say that is an oxymoron. Because the whole reason they became Yahudim to begin with is because of the religion. That's how they became Yahudim. Say a lot. You know, they've left. Many of them have left. They done cracked off. You know, verse 4 goes on to say, And the captain of the guard charged Yosef with them, and he served them, and they continued a season inward. This word charge is from Cod, number 6485. It means to visit. Woo! Hallelujah. Yes. You know, Yosef, who represents the body of Yahushua, his ecclesia, will visit the chief baker and the chief butler. Hmm. You know, and will serve them. This word serve is not a Obed or Obed in the Hebrew that's normally translated as, as serve, but it's Sharaf, number 8334, which means to attend as a menial. So he's serving the um, body. It's a picture of the body of Yahshua serving the chief butler and the chief baker. He's serving them, he's teaching them. You know, you know, so. Uh, jumped ahead of myself. This is a picture of the body of Yahshua, i.e. Yah's ecclesia, teaching the chief butler and the chief baker, or chief cook if you prefer, of the great house. He's teaching them, but also take note that they were all in prison together. They're all in prison. You know, so the chief cook, that is the, the, the one who's supposed to be teaching the will of Elohim. He's bound. The one who's supposed to be teaching the truth of Elohim. He's bound. And the body of Yahushua. He's bound. That makes for a dark place. That makes for a dark place. I pray you can see that. You know. You know, everybody's ignorant because all the teachers are bound in the prison of Nisraim, the prison of the king. You know, mm -hmm. they're bound to the letter of the word. I pray you can see that. You know, now the spiritual picture, the, the spiritual picture of this goes on to depict that one of the two chiefs will adhere to the sayings. That is, um, adhere to the said teachings of the body of Yahshua and the other one. You know, so he's teaching them, he's serving them. You know, one of them are, are going to adhere to him and the other one won't. Essentially, these two chiefs, i.e. the chief butler and the chief baker, speak to the two covenants mm -hmm. of the house of Elohim. That is, the old and new covenants. Can anyone tell me which is which and why? Old is the baker. Old is the baker. Why you say it? Because that's uh, related to eating the, the commandments and the, you know, 
I, I also know he's going to get killed off. So uh, the word was Don't be jumping ahead. But you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, yes. Um, the baker is the old, and the butler is the new. Why just? Why would the butler be the new? It's the council of, of Yah, the truth that's gonna continue. Absolutely, because of because the truth that will continue. You know. Um, so that that was that was that was beautiful that was exactly right you know the uh, baker speaks to the old test old covenant and the um butler speaks to the new covenant you know the baker speaks to that covenant of works and the um the butler speaks to the covenant of truth you know now it continues on in verses 5 through 8 it says and they dreamed a dream both of them each man a dream in one night mm. each man according to the interpretation of his dream the butler and the baker of the king of Misraim, which were bound in, in the prison and Yosef came unto them in the morning and looked upon them and behold they were sad and he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his lord or his uh, lord's house saying wherefore look ye so sadly today and they said unto him we have dreamed a dream and there is no interpreter of it and Yosef said unto him do not interpretations belong to Elohim tell me them I pray and of course these dreams <coughs> would turn out to be prophecies now it's very important that we understand that these two dreams um, for only the body of Yah these these two dreams for only the body of Yahushua can properly interpret them. So we need to understand them because only Yah's body can interpret them um, correctly. You know, and that is only via uh, the help of Yah Elohim. And without properly interpreting Yosef, that is the body of Yahushua, that is Yah's ecclesia cannot rise to power. Mm. They can't rise to, can't rise to power until these two dreams are interpreted. Mm. You know, and you know, we're gonna get into that, but not today. Mm. Um, it messed up my my suspense, you know. Uh, I was trying to <laughs> trying to set it up, you know. But you know, it, it just left to be continued down sitting down there. That's supposed to came later. But anyway, hallelujah. That's hallelujah. all I have for yeah. today. Prayer is a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll take any questions. You said all food speaks to the words um, or as being the will of Elohim. That's what you said. Um, so, unclean food as well would also be the will of Elohim. And I'm assuming you use the word Elohim and not Yah. Specifically, is that is that what I'm getting or no? Well, yeah. So, like, it's still the will of Elohim, even the unclean food. You know, because the will of Elohim is for you not to eat that, not to do it. Okay. So you weren't speaking of a different Elohim than you? No. Okay. 
No, so the un unclean foods is just simply speaking of that which you're not to do, whereas clean foods is speaking of that which you are to do. Okay, um, I need help because I'm trying to understand, first of all, Egypt. You, you keep interpreting Egypt as, with different words. First, it was uh, coming out of Egypt was coming out of the world. Then Egypt became, I believe, Jerusalem or Israel at one point, and now Egypt is, uh, what was Egypt? The letter of the word. And, and that screws with my head because the reason why I say that, why you have so many interpretations for Egypt? And then you turn around and you have different interpretations for, um, for, the, for the king uh, of Egypt, Yeshua. And then you have Joseph, the body of Yeshua. Well, I can see Joseph being the body of Yeshua. But can you explain to me how Egypt gets so many interpretations? Because there's different aspects, you know, you have different aspects to the, to the word, you know, um, you know, and what determines which aspect you go with is the context, you know, and so like, uh, let me see, let's take the truth for instance, you know, so we talk, we talk about truth, you can talk about truth from the aspect of truth bringing you peace but you can talk about truth from the aspect of truth causing you to become angry or you can talk about the aspect of truth making you hungry or desiring um, desiring for something you know there's many different aspects to truth Okay, and that's another thing. Uh, you, uh, water, uh, truth, the water is, the, well, one point is the word, the next point is the truth, and then uh, it can be, uh, well, C can be a people, a group of people or whatever. So you're saying that you have different interpretations of the word water, being truth, or the word, as what now? Well, what what I'm trying to get you to see is that there's a common thing through all of them. They're not all like totally separate, you know. Just like you speak about, like Scripture speaks about the water of the word, you know, being washed by the water of the word, right. you know, um, you know. But it can also speak to, it, and it does speak to also being washed by the water of truth, you know, because the word is truth. Thy word is truth. So it's not really different, even though it may sound different. It, it's, they're all interrelated. Okay. So, um, you know, even when you're talking about Mizraim or, or Egypt, you know, for instance, you know, um, so we talk talking about Mizraim and we're talking about it being spiritual um, uh, um, spiritual Egypt you know so Egypt representing uh, Jerusalem being spiritual Egypt so the word teaches us that 
you know, but Jerusalem is also, uh, okay, so let's see, Egypt um, represents uh, represents Jerusalem, and then uh, what was one of the other ones for, for Egypt? Well, yeah, I remember Solomon and Gomorrah, but I'm, I'm talking about uh, Egypt represents, it represents uh, Jerusalem spiritually, but um, like today, uh, the letter of the word, absolutely. So, yeah, so it represents also the letter of the word. When you think about Jerusalem, it's interrelated with the letter of the word because that's where the word went forth. That's where the house of Elohim was, where the priests were, who job it was to bring forth his word and so this is again it's interrelated it's not it's not never like totally separate they are intertwined within one another and then that word of course again is water is truth you know so it's it's not even though it may sound like they're totally different things that in our actuality they're not they're all intertwined okay so so in your teaching today of the word you talked about Yeshua, the butler, and the baker all being bound in prison. And what you and he was teaching them in prison. Where did that match up in the, in the word? Where he was teaching them while he was in prison. I, I don't see that in the New Testament. So, like I said, that was a prophecy, you know, that had actually come to pass because you know when you when you see. When you take a, um, a look at what's going on spiritually, you do see that they're all bound because the truth isn't being taught. And that's why, you know, that's why you're so misguided because you haven't been taught the truth. You know, you've been taught a lot of things that actually contradict the truth. And so when you hear the truth, it's offensive, you know, and, you know, it makes it harder to understand because you have these other things that deeply rooted that rises up against them. You know, nevertheless, it can all be um, proven through scripture. Okay, but I'm still not understanding how are they all bound in one prison? Yeshua, his word, and uh, what is the baker? Uh, uh, the Drake. You not know, Yahshua, the Drake. The, but the body of Yahshua. The body. Yahshua was the king, remember? Oh, Yeshua was the king of Egypt? Yeah. You know, it it may help if you if you um, go and visit the beginning parts of the discipleship course. Oh, because I haven't been in discipleship. I just don't. Yeah, I already know. That's why that's why you so that's why you so lost. You know, because a lot of these things I'm speaking to, I already went over. Okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? And so, right. like, you know. For somebody just stepping in, yeah, yeah. it's going to sound foreign, yeah. but that's because you don't have the fundamentals that was taught in the beginning. So right. it's like you're trying to, you know, do algebra or geometry or calculus, <laughs> and you didn't learn the ABCs, one, two, threes. Okay. All right. Absolutely. You know, but that's why it's right. a course. Okay. Uh, I think you may have answered my question her answering hers, but I wanted to get like an because I know you said like the um the body is bound by the word by the uh, by the word correct 
Bound by the letter of the word. Bound by the letter of the word. So an example of that would be us not getting the truth, the truth, the how, like getting the word in context. More so just having the surface level interpretation. Okay, and that's keeping us. That's the letter of the word, you know. So um, let me see if I can think of a good example um, right quick. the letter killer. Well, yeah, the letter killer, the spirit bring of life. But, you know, Yahshua, you know, um, such as, such as, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a good example, like uh, uh, something that Yahshua said. Killing your brother? Yeah, okay. We, that, that's, that's a good one, you know. So um, where Yahshua said, thou shalt not kill, you know, Yahshua said, you know, I say that you don't even be angry with your brother without a cause. You know what I'm saying? So, thou shalt not kill. That's the letter of the word. You know, and so, you know, like, that's where most people stop. You know, they're bound by that. You know, they, they won't go no further. You know what I'm saying? You know, but Yahshua goes on to say, don't even be angry with your brother without a cause. You know, and then, like, the letter of the word says, you know, to hate your enemies. You know, says, you know, uh, eye for eye, a uh, two for a two. Turn the other cheek. You know, yeah, you know, but Yahshua, you know, he goes deeper into the word. He goes into the intent that was given behind that, and that is, no, love your enemies. Be good to them yeah. that misuse you, and pray for them that despitefully um, um, use you. You know, so, you see, 